You're listening to MOG Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG Channel where we help you to see a real and practical Christianity from God's Word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Now, today we're going to be talking about the place of discipline in the life of a disciple. In fact, I felt like calling this the Navy SEALs um, exposition to discipleship. Do you know who the Navy SEALs are? <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like that. Do you know who the Navy SEALs are? The Navy SEALs are like an elite branch of the US military who are committed <laughs> oh my god why are we talking like this anyway if you ask the navy seals those guys are like crazy guys those guys are bad like their own kind of training is beyond this world in fact there's something we call hell week that is the week of i think that's the first week of drafting in there most people quit like maybe 60 percent of them quit only 40 percent of them make it because it's crazy just go type hell week navy seals hell week on google and watch it and man, you know that you know that you know by revelation knowledge that you don't want to be part of that. And that's how serious it is. But that is also why the people who finally make it and um, are trained as SEALs become some of the most reliable soldiers in the world. I mean, come hell or high water, whatever situation, if you want something impossible done, it's those guys that you consult. Now, I'm really torn between them and the Israeli Mossad. Those are some other very, very deadly, dangerous guys. Mossad. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is US SEALs, Israeli Mossad. Those guys are crazy. Some of the best elite soldiers in the world. But then, I mean, it's it, there's so much honor to be affiliated with that brand. Oh, my goodness. It's a soul. It's a SEAL. It's a, it's a Mossad. Oh, my. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, you have to realize that they didn't just become like that by, I don't know, waking up one morning, 18 pounds a year, and then, bam, I'm a SEAL. No. There's a serious routine of training and discipline that goes into it i don't even want to start mentioning those things go and go and watch the video i admonish you go watch the video in fact one of the first times i started to raise your disciple people i still remember very clearly and i'm sure they still bear witness <laughs> in their hearts i started working with students in secondary school and so back then I remember that the first day we had like a three was this six week period of training and the very first day I brought a video of the Navy SEALs and I prayed for them and I said this is what I'm going to be doing to you <laughs> well the class was a full class maybe over 30 or so or 50 and after that video half only half the class came back because they're like what I'm not about I'm, I'm, I'm not finna die here <laughs> and well really Jesus had no problem with people leaving him and whenever he spoke about something difficult he actually had no issue when people left him and we shouldn't have that issue also but the point of it is that you know just has some very very clear things to say about the disciple i mean if you look at that text that we've been reading um luke 14 26 if any man comes to me and hates not his father and mother and his wife and children and brethren and sisters yeah, in his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So Jesus here is raising the bar. Like, look, my guy, if you're going to truly be my disciple, someone you call a disciple, not somebody we call, uh, <laughs> not not someone that is pretending or pretentious, then you have to, to forsake a lot of things. Like, forsake so much. 
including food and sleep. <laughs> so he has no issue with people like like you have to realize that being a disciple of Christ is an extreme sport. Yeah, it's an extreme sport. Like it means you can get killed. You have to realize you are signing up for the fact that you can get killed at any point in time. That's true. That's the gospel. You can get killed for it. You can be persecuted for it. You will be hated for it. You see? Aha. Uh-huh. That's why we always say the kind of Christians that we practice in this day and age where everything is comfortable, is quite uh, not... You won't usually find the true brand of Christianity in, in comfort. You know, when everything is very, very comfortable. In fact, that's when things begin to stagnate. If Christian history has taught us anything, whenever Christianity becomes very comfortable or Christians are in a very comfortable environment and they're not pushing the boundaries of their comfort, they're not going all out, then you just find out that they begin to stagnate. Look at the um, period of the church in Rome. What happened? After a while, Christianity became a state religion and from there on, <laughs> the decline of Christianity just went shoop. Because we see that they became lazy. They, many like at this, I'm not saying they were not practicing Christian, but over time there was lots of corruption. You get because we're not designed to live comfortably. In fact, there's one guy I like. I like to listen to. He says that um, <laughs> he said God knew that you'd be uncomfortable, so he sent you the comforter. <laughs> it's true. You're not supposed to be comfortable. And when I say comfortable, I'm not saying you should not have things or have a good life. I'm saying that those things must never make you stagnate. They must never have to make you stagnate. I mean, having a nice house should not kill your prayer life. Having nice things should not make you not go out and evangelism anymore. You get like that. Just some because, and it's this thing about this materialistic gospel that we always talk about, which is that when people see that, okay, when when you are taught in Christianity that the ultimate goal for your living is things, or oh, God will do it for you. God will give you that car. God will give you that house. And nothing wrong with those things. But when that becomes your goal for living as a Christian. When you go for living in status, fame, world power, ah, that contract, 100 million naira, ah, I'm settled, God has settled me. You know, like those very, very funny ideas. God has settled me. All those things. Or maybe it's about your enemies. You are thought that it's about your enemies to kill your enemies. So when all your enemies are dead, which is all your family members, then, <laughs> I mean, what's next? Did you get? So when you, are, you live in a materialistic society and that materialism has gone into the church, and God has been replaced with things, then when you have the things, you that's the end. There's no purpose or meaning to your life again. Like you've achieved, accomplished what you wanted to accomplish. So, I mean, you have your big cars packed outside. That's where I live, right? So, evangelism, what is that? So winning, what in concern with that? Prayer, after all, the prayer, what was the prayer for? The prayer was to get the car, Abby. So, the car has been gotten, so no need to pray. The evangelism was also that God will look down on you and smile upon you so that you can get favor and get the contract or whatever. And so no need. When you were looking for fruit of the womb, you were so fervent in prayer. You were so, you were like, yeah, push, pray until something happens. You know that one. Then something has happened. Something happened. And now I know I have it. And I need to pray no more. Exactly. So just say, you know what, let's, let's, let's finish. Let's end it here. Honestly, that's that's what happens a lot to us in churches. Even when I go to America, you see, America is bedrock of <laughs> of stagnancy when it comes to churches. I mean, Nigeria has it, America has it. <laughs> there, where where oh my goodness, where everything is at your fingertips, everything is at your doorstep. 
I mean, hospital, healthcare, who needs healing? Who needs all those things? So everybody's just stagnant and dormant. You get, like, my point is that if you are in a comfortable or civil society that is developed, you would have to push the boundaries. You still have to get up and go out to win souls. You still have to do lots of things that are uncomfortable for you. Do you get these things are much easier in uncomfortable territories? So if you're in some of these, maybe in the north or place where there's lots of persecution or it's not developed and everything, there's general discomfort there. So it just blends in. It's still uncomfortable, it blends in. But when you're in a place or an environment where everything is just so cozy and so nice, man, you have double work to do. Which is why many people, I've, and I've seen this happen consistently. I deal a lot with young people, students, teenagers and everything. And I've seen them that many times when they leave this country and fly over to the US, UK, South Africa, all those places. Like when they go there, I find out that it doesn't take time. You just watch. Like it's hard to find believers who, when they get into a place that's extremely comfortable, um, are able to break out of that cycle and then become proactive Christians. Usually what you find is that they get in there, maybe have a prayer life, two, three days, they're still praying. After a while, man, life is easy, my guy. Man, give me that coffee. <laughs> and they just, that's how they just backslide. Like, they just go and they don't come back. Like, most, that's why, honestly, I always, my own opinion of traveling abroad is that know thyself as a believer, as, yeah, as a Christian. If you're at secondary school hearing me or Maybe you're looking at going for masters or whatever. Know yourself. Know yourself. The question is, are you are you ready? <laughs> are you actually ready? You know, what is your Christian life like? What are your spiritual disciplines like? What is your idea of comfort? What's your idea of Christianity? Because if not, man, it's always the same story. I see. You see the person was serious. After I was, have you prayed? When last did you pray? So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Is this country, this country, especially Canada. <laughs> I always say that the cold in Canada is so much that it's also spiritual. So when you get there, the cold in Canada it will not just rest on your body. It's going to enter into your soul if you're not careful. <laughs> okay, now, can I go back to today's, um, what they call it, topic, which is discipline. Anyway, there's a reason I was saying all that one, right? So, um, discipleship, we're talking about discipleship and everything. Like it's a call to discomfort and all that, yeah. So, <laughs> now, in the word discipleship is the word discipline. And discipline, I love the definition of discipline given by the late Miles Monroe. And he would say that discipline is to subject your desires to, to the demands of your vision. So, discipline starts with a vision. Vision is that I have a picture of a preferred future. I have a future I desire. Now, that, that future for you can be better academics. It can be a healthier body. It can be a slimmer body. It can be, um, let's say, more spiritual fervency or some other results. I mean, there are different areas of life. It could be, you know, your career. It could be your health. It could be your finances, okay? The, the preferred feature is I want to see more money in my account. It could be relationships, okay? By um, I want to become, I want to be ready for marriage. Just, you know, there are many goals we can set in life. There are many disciplines. There's vision, right? Vision. So, vision is the picture of a preferred future. That is, as I am now, I have a lifestyle or environment I am not satisfied with. I want a better one. So, you would now, um, how will I put it? You would subject your desires, right, to those demands. The demands or the price of that vision. Because, you see, every vision has a price. 
anything in life is achievable but it has a price life has prices it's like you walk into a store and then you see different things let's say you walk into cold stone or domino's pizza right let's say you walk into chicken republic let's say you walk into whichever one pick your own pick your struggle you walk into one of them and then you're like um I want that, I want that, I want that. You pick those things and you begin to walk out the store. Man, you may receive a big blow to your back. <laughs> and you may start to shout, I can't breathe. You know that kind of thing? Because what are you doing there? Hey, first of all, when I say I'm being racist though, <laughs> I'm not explaining myself to you. If you like, think what you want to think. Anyway, so, like, you walk out the store with the things that you just took you didn't buy them of course you'll be arrested why because you have not what paid the price for them there is a value that all of those things have there's a price they all have and so you have to pay you have to exchange the equivalent in value for what you want and that is how life is everything has a price you want to succeed i'm talking about success now in general you want to succeed academically, spiritually, financially, relationship-wise, whichever area, there's a price to pay. And so you, first of all, knowing the price and then deciding, okay, I'm going to pay the price, right? Uh-huh. Is, is what we call discipline, to pay the price for success in a certain area. And that discipline usually, or the anatomy of discipline, always has to do with going against the things that you naturally want because the way we are designed for some reason for some very nonsense reason right <laughs> it looks like the things that will make us better are hard the things that will move us forward in life are hard now as you are now i'm sure you can think of five things that if you are doing consistently every day you know you are going to be a far better person much happier you know better off more successful i'm so sure you can actually write down five things right now that you would if you were doing them you would be better off but then what's the problem what's the problem <laughs> right think about it some people now because of covid their yak has been postponed indefinitely and do you know if you go and check them most of them are not reading like you think that the ex on them are just hey no time oh, no extra time no time no time now, now that you know the covid whatever came and it was like man we don't know we're going to open, open again you see that lots of people have slacked they just calmed down because like it's quick sometimes we call it the flesh like there are just some things paul will put it like this and things i want to do i don't i won't do i, I don't want to do right it's it, it's a backwardness uh, you know it, it's also something a product of the of, of of the fall i don't think that god designed us like that you get where the things that just uh, that make more sense that should help us we don't want to do those things which one is easier watching tv or sleeping oh what am i saying that's the very nonsense analogy both of them are easy okay watching tv you're studying your notes of course watching tv wins that round okay how about eating versus praying ah O'Shea eating my goodness bring the food uh, how about um watching or okay playing video games um versus um fasting or something like that we always there's the part of least resistance do you get and the part of least resistance is what the you know is the direction the body always wants to go like consistently 24 7 you will never catch your body wanting to go the other direction yeah that's the truth so when you understand this 
people who have succeeded or who succeed are those who are able to tell their bodies what to do tell their bodies you want to do i know you want to do this i know i know you want to do this but you see that way is destruction <laughs> the bible says that there's a way that seems right to a man but then it's destruction of course it's not exactly talking about indiscipline but in a sense you can think about it that way there's a way your body thinks or, or wants to just go but you realize that going that path over sleeping over eating over anything will always take you out of your calling <laughs> always just take you out of the path that god has designed for you that is just like it is um it is tantamount you, you can't you can't dodge it it will always happen so you just must be careful you have to just find a way to navigate away from you know those things and that's what we call discipline to discipline yourself to subject yourself to the demand to the price of the preferred future that you want so when you understand that and you now bring it to spiritual things you now really get the gist of why we say a disciple is disciplined now there's a text of scripture i want us to read first corinthians 9 verse 24 to 27 now paul says know you not that they which run in a race run all but one receives the prize so run that you may obtain now he's talking about the christian race he says run in a manner that you know you win do you get like don't don't live the christian life like okay maybe second position is okay it's third position run as if you know that his first position is, is a do or die that there's a prize to receive so the way you receive that prize you run as if you want to receive the prize are you seeing that so that means there's a goal in front of you there's a prize to win so there's a goal there's something to achieve which is to run the christian race well do you get it's, now he's talking about rewards also that is a reward for people who run like that and every man that strives for the mastery is self now look at this everyone that strives for for the mastery or for mastery to master something is what self-controlled in all things are you seeing that is what self-control so a runner who wants to okay let's say Usain Bolt who wants to you know become the world's number one Usain Bolt used to train with weights like he would train with I had used to put some weights on his body and run like that and that's how he used to train so by the time he's on the track he would just remove the weights and he would fly <laughs> I mean that guy was too far even till now I don't even know if anyone has broken his records but then the way he trained, look at this. This says that everyone that strives for mastery is what self-controlled in all things. There's a lot, an ex, there's a there's a very strong degree of self-control that it's so serious you just restrict yourself. Oh, I can't eat this. I can't eat, eat that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Right? Let me even talk about it again. Like, okay, think about weight loss for example. You want to lose weight? <laughs> oh, good lord! You have everything you eat has to be watched. Like, in fact, it's not even to be running to the gym. It's what you eat. You have to look at that. What you eat, you must reduce it. You must reduce the desire to eat because the desire to eat is a very, very compulsive desire. It's one of the strongest desires on the planet. If you watch, you watch a little baby, a born child, they are designed to eat. It's one of the strongest, like the artist to eat uh, is, is, <laughs> is wired. Like, like that's why fasting is extremely essential because fasting goes against that number one urge or desire to please yourself is that number it is number one urge in life like i want i must to eat to you know to eat it comes before sleep come for anything else to eat so that's and that's the bonus tip for why people fast is to go against that desire so say weight loss you need to do that <laughs> which other areas like academics you have to academics your enemy is sleep 
your enemy is TV, your enemy is all those things. There's a desire to just do those things. What do you do? You have to, what, you know, self-control yourself. You know, drop a schedule. No TV, no this, no that, no that. Plan your life. If you don't do that, you will fail. <laughs> Career also, health-wise. <clears throat> you know, for health, that one, there are things that are telling us now we should not eat. Don't eat red meat. Kai, red meat that people have grown up eating their whole lives. Red meat, cow meat. Kai, yeah, yeah. Don't eat red meat. Also, don't eat goat meat. Don't eat uh, egg yolk. Don't eat. <laughs> don't eat any carbohydrates. All these carbohydrates. Don't eat just normal white rice. You know. Don't eat uh, spaghetti. Don't eat. I don't eat. Don't eat. Don't eat. Don't eat. Don't eat. I'm telling. <laughs> Before you know, they'll just tell us all oh, we should do is breathing air. Just breathe air. Just breathe air. You get all that those things well i i believe that in the end it's just silly to say don't eat all those things in the end it's just to eat things in moderation some things need to be lesser than some things you get ahead uh-huh. it's not that you don't anyone that tells you blank a whole food group obviously does not understand that god created this, all things to be enjoyed <laughs> so uh of course finances there are some disciplines in finances like saving you want to be able to like build something you have to learn to save to put something aside consistently 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 that's how these things work relationships you have to learn to train your mouth you want to get married you have to train your mouth properly both in the in the art of toasting and in the art of working in love with your mouth don't use your mouth to pull people down or you have good friendships you sustain them with love it's a discipline are you seeing that mm-hmm. so back to paul so he says that every man that strives for mastery is what self-controlled in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are an incorruptible. So they do it. You see people in all these years of their lives, they are so disciplined. You see academicians, they, they can read and study for years just to get a degree and say they are an authority in something. But he says that for a corruptible crown, meaning that it will perish, when they die, it's gone. Like it will not survive past this life. But for us, it's an incorruptible crown see that so he says i therefore so run not as uncertainly so fight i not as the one that beats the air that is i'm not running um with uncertainty i'm not running in such a manner i don't know whether i will actually achieve what i want to achieve or not he's talking about you know the gospel talking about um the rewards he will receive i'm not running in this in, in such a manner that well i don't know well maybe i'll be rewarded maybe i will not be no i'm running in with the certainty is how i'm running now he now says something at the, and this is very key 27 is the, is the it's just what wraps up everything it's just it says but i keep my body under and bring it into what subjection lest by any means when i preach to others i myself should be a castaway and this is the key honestly he says i keep my body under that means discipline is up to you self-control you know one of the fruits of spirit in galatians 5 22 is self-control so discipline is up to you as a believer you are the one that's supposed to discipline your body discipline your flesh discipline yourself you see that he says i put my body under i bring it into subjection i don't allow it to just feel the way it wants to feel and I'll, let me say this you know in the bit to sound insensitive but honestly people have to learn to actually work on their minds but one thing that we call there are several things for example one one area fantasizing you know it's one area that many people are just the mind that the mind just roams just let the mind roam you have to bring that mind subjection if you can't do it by yourself well 
Bible says in um, that's Galatians, Galatians say walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desire of the flesh. If you can't bring your mind to subjection normally, you have to go on consecration. Go on, I think I've thought that you can go and listen to one of those podcast episodes on consecration or something, or how to, I think, how to live, how to stop a sinful life or something like that. You can listen to it. But then, you, that's how you gain mastery or control over your mind. You don't, you're not supposed to let, because when you say I keep my body under, you have to realize my body here, right, is not just talking about your physical body. Yeah, it's the desires of your physical body, but your mind is what controls your body. So your mind can, must be brought to subjection. Your thoughts must be brought into obedience. The Bible talks about bringing to obedience every thought to the knowledge of Christ. You understand? Bringing every thought into captivity, obedience to Christ. So you have to actually work on those things. Right? Aha. Uh-huh. It says, Let's by any means after I preach to others, I myself should be a cast away. Cast away here is not that you will lose your salvation. Cast away here is talking about the fact that you will be disqualified. If you check out that translation, they will say disqualified. You will lose rewards. Remember, he's talking about the race, right? Uh-huh. So you will lose rewards. So definitely, self-control is the crux of Christianity. It is what defines you as a disciple. If you are not self-controlled, you are not a disciple. The goal is Christ-likeness. And so the way to get there is discipline, self-control. You get there. So now, um, one thing that we have to realize is that um, in in Christ, we are, we are actually, our spirits are new. All things, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away, all things become new, right? So um, there is a discipline, actually, in that newness of life. Remember, um, we just we also read Luke 14 that tells us that if anyone will come after me, must also deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Right, meaning in other words, prioritizing Christ above everything else, right? So there are disciplines that, that express that prioritization. There are disciplines that express that priority, that show and declare that He is our priority. Do you get that? Uh-huh. There are certain things. His life becomes our life. His mission is our mission. His desire is our desire. We live from our spirits. Do you get? Now, those um, disciplines, are, they come in the form of instructions from God's word and they help us to express that life that is in us. For example, we have prayer, right? Um, Ephesians 6, 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Are you seeing that? Praying always in the spirit and watching with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Okay, and Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18, I thank my God I speak in tongues with more than you all. So you see that prayer is a command. Prayer is an instruction. Prayer is a discipline. Right? Uh-huh. If it's commanded, it's a discipline. So you would have to learn the art of prayer. Now, where does discipleship come in here? Now, when a person is discipling you and training you, the, the problem with, with disciplines, if you've ever um, tried to discipline yourself in certain areas, is that, I mean, it works you can actually muster enough willpower and discipline yourself in any area and i think that's even the best way to do it you don't have to wait for someone to do it for you you get up and decide to change your life decide to change one area decide to do things you don't like to do you decide you get what i'm saying that's the best way to go about it however we know that there are many times when it is actually not easy because you've allowed yourself to be so indisciplined in one area that you are overwhelmed emotionally when you try to make strides against you know the indiscipline when you decide to fight back yeah you feel overwhelmed emotionally right it could be in food it could be in um you know whatever it is it could be in your thinking it could be in lost it could be in anything it could be addictions and you find out that your willpower is failing you could be in things like depression 
you know you've allowed yourself to just go you think the wrong thoughts you're just negative consistently you allow your mind soon in in negative thoughts right when you (laughs) you have to realize that you can actually get yourself back but it may not be that easy and that is why you now need an instructor you need somebody a disciple that will tell you look you need to snap out of this thing and the person will now instruct you now based on the respect you have for the person based on the value you place on the person there is an ease that comes with the person's instructions that that is i respect this person so much i don't want to disappoint this person and so and i see the need for what the person said or taught me from god's word so when this person gives an instruction like prayer then i now begin to follow now a good disciple will model these things to you first they will dis- they will model these disciplines to you first they will model them after they model them then they will now most likely do them with you and then put you on a path to do them so like prayer now if you go to church of course you will see prayer being prayer happening all the time if you have someone over you you have the privilege to watch the person pray you people can pray together you're watching how the person prays how the person calls prayer points you understand how the person does all that like you you learn and then you pray together with the person but then the next thing the person will give you instructions to pray on your own to spend time in the place of prayer spend time in the place of you know fasting spend time in the place of in the word and all those things yeah there are other instructions evangelism um I'm not going to read that. Colossians 1, 27, 28. Walking in love, Ephesians 5, 2. Um, even, okay, this one, I'll say it out. Your words, Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouths, but that which is good in the use of edifying, you know, that it may um, minister grace unto your hearers, right? So, you see that it's talking about your... Um, like what you say and i think this is extremely important i i had i've hardly seen this kind of training in christ body very soon we'll do it as a challenge where we'll actually um this thing we'll do as challenge 24 hour challenge that all the words that come to your mouth must not be evil that means your your communication must be um you know must must be good you know like stuff like this <laughs> or these like do a lot they actually do a whole lot in fact I'm, I'm really liking the sound of that i think i want to do that if you I, yeah probably do that challenge uh corrupt communication challenge or whatever whatever like for 24 hours all the words you must check all the words you speak every single word they must be edifying and that means there's some words you cannot <laughs> you cannot say for example let me say sometimes we joke and say, hey bastard oloshi idiot weary all those kind of things uh, you know those I mean, the truth about that, those things are nice in a worldly sense, but spiritually they don't hold. You get even some jokes. You know, I, you know, we are born, we're in Nigeria here and we have family and we call, that is a, I think the amount of abuse, verbal abuse that goes on in families is just crazy. And I'm saying that because I'm part of that scene. <laughs> I say, uh, because you know, yeah, fool, you know, foolish, but get out. Yeah, I will slap you. Like we are, our words are so we've so normalized you get terrible words and we say them to us that they are not like comforting words. Do you get what I'm saying? But then there there there's that thing there's no corrupt communication, right? It's actually very, 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 very important. Like that is the things you say. It's part of the discipline of your Christian work. You your words must be seasoned. In fact, there's another place that says your words must be seasoned with salt. There are many scriptures that talk about what we should say, the words that come out of our mouth, right? Uh-huh. 
the Bible says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you. Right? There's even a text of scripture, I'm probably quoting out of context, but it tells us that we will give account of every idle word you get. So, our words are supposed to be very, very, very like disciplined. We're supposed to be very disciplined in our words. You get, aha, uh-huh. very disciplined. And that discipline begins with our thoughts. Look at um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good reports, if there's any virtue and any, any praise, think on these things. So the Bible even tells us what to, what to think on. These are the things you should think on. This is what your thoughts should be saturated with. That means evil thoughts are not allowed. That means fantasizing is not allowed. That means just brooding on 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 um, some certain ideologies is not allowed. That means, uh, what's this other thing? Those things are just not allowed. They're just not allowed, you know. Depression or depressive thoughts are not allowed. It's not allowed. Do you get what I'm saying? Our thoughts should be clean. That's the truth. This is other disciplines. Because sometimes we only see disciplines in Christianity as, you know, what we do. But this is part of it. Our minds, our thoughts, the thoughts, the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, they must be what acceptable unto God. And these are things that a disciple must, you must check. And like this one, and the way you actually get this done is by you consistently barrage a person's mind with God's word. There must be instructions that address the mind, what the person is thinking, which is why we're always saying, listen to sermons, listen to teachings, right? People that come to me and say, go and listen to the podcast. Why? Because your mind has to be full of God's word. Because your thinking must be acceptable to God. Your words must be acceptable unto God. It's part of the training, right? I remember my dad once said, he said that when he's like growing as a Christian, God will train him and tell him that, like, train his mouth there are things you just don't say many times we badmouth ourselves we gossip we, there are things we just do that are terrible they're terrible but it's part of the Christian discipline where we are supposed to tame ourselves tame ourselves because all those things also cut into walking in love right like walking in love you don't just you know behave anyhow that's part of walking in love it's a discipline to walk in love it's a discipline to the Bible says to bless those that curse you <laughs> yes it says, love those, Jesus will say this, it says, bless those that curse you and pray for them that despisefully use you. It's not easy, man. When someone curses, you say, you are a fool, you idiot. And you're like, oh, man, your emotions are going to well up. But you have to put them, because I put my body on that subjection. I tell my body what to do. No, you don't do this. You don't have to do this. Stop it. You check yourself. I can't control myself. Oh. I can't control myself. Oh. <laughs> they know me. Oh. They, they call me Queen Chesibel. When I start like this, I they je, 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 I will zebel you. <laughs> no, you have to calm down. You're not the devil. You're a child, child of God. Yeah. You have to calm down. It's discipline. And a discipler will treat you like a child. That is, the person will see all this nonsense in you. That's why you go for someone who is mature, someone who is working in these things. The person will see your impatience. The person will see all this slander here. The person will correct you, rebuke you. Say, my friend, hey, don't. Stop it. Stop it. Think on these other things. <laughs> Remember, I was talking about the lady who discipled me in my early stages of Christian work, I think on yesterday's episode. And I remember some things I said. And there was a time I, we were having a meeting and um, uh, something like that. She was sitting right beside me, just behind me. And I, something I just said that was very foolish. I was, you know, counter. And how much she gave it to me right there. I said, stop it. Don't say that. <laughs> ah, I used to call her mommy. So I said, yeah, mommy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, and 
I loved her for it. I loved her for the correction. But today, correct you. Who does he think he is? Because he's my spiritual father, eh? Because I'm, because I'm submitting. I be in this church, eh? Me like I'm my own church, eh? See how your face is revolting because someone corrected you. <laughs> but that's part of the instruction. Discipline. Instructions. They can wake you up at, or just a call at night. Oh yeah, my friend, start praying. Pray for four hours. And I do it too. I call people and say, pray for three hours, pray for four hours. <laughs> There's even a person that when she listens to this, she will know it's her I'm talking about. There's one lady, as you are listening to this, you know, go and pray for four hours. <laughs> Your name starts with A and ends with I. Uh-huh. Go and pray for four hours. Uh-huh. If you're not, I'm sure you're not doing anything. Well, pray for four hours today. Uh-huh. And give me feedback. <laughs> exactly. That's how you do it discipleship you you train people you and remember it, it's about removing comfort that is destroying people's comfort zone that comfort zone you get evangelism also is an instruction normally your disciple will teach you how to do it teach you god's word go out with you and then will now put you on some instructions every day do this talk to this person talk to, to build a lifestyle a conviction in you that is goal that is the goal the, the, the point of all this of a disciple is to build a Christian lifestyle, to discipline you into a Christian lifestyle, whereby you just begin to do some things by default. So we just do it by default. Prayer, just do it by default. All these things are not hard anymore because you have been disciplined into them. You're just doing them consistently, 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 consistently. You're speaking, it you know, changes. Walking in love is normal for you. All these things are just normal for you because you have been exercised consistently. Then there's another one, giving. Ah, this one. Let me say this. If you have a disciple, a disciple should be able to tell you to give. If you have a trustworthy disciple, they should know what's in your account. You say, what's in your account? Oh yeah, give to God. Give half to God. They should be able to tell you to do that. That's the point. Because the person may notice you have a struggle with giving and then the person will instruct you to give. You see that? Aha. Look at 2 Timothy 3 verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, patience, persecution, afflictions. So, you're seeing that these are disciplines like being around, you know, a discipler, right? The, the example will be evident. You have known my doctrine, my teaching, manner of life. So you will observe a person's lifestyle, lifestyle. You will see those disciplines that work in the person's life. Purpose, faith, long-suffering, patience, love, persecutions, you know. It's even a discipline that has to deal with persecutions. When people don't agree with us, we get very angry and we fire them. You have to learn how to be, you know, to walk in love. You see that? Aha. So, Christianity, first Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 says, These things command and teach. So there's there's a teaching aspect and then there's the instruction aspect. You see that? Yes, there's instruction because remember we said this is external discipline. This is not internal. This is external where somebody imposes restrictions on you. And based on respect and understanding, you now go. To, it is easier, honestly, to do it that way. It's easier. But you must build yourself in such a manner that you now grow in, in those disciplines. The point of external discipline is so that eventually you now have the control internally. You don't have to rely externally on this. If, if after some time of being on that uh, disciple, you still have to listen to sermons, you still have to wait for them to tell you, no, that's wrong. It should be internalized. You now listen to them by yourself. You now pray by yourself because you know the value. You now do all those things by yourself because you can see the inherent value. That is the point of it all. Okay? <laughs> So, as I am right now, my throat is running out of saliva. <laughs> and I think it's time to bring all good things to an end. And by that, we are closing today's episode. I believe you've been blessed by it. So, you should have an action step, which is that, look, 
whoever is who is over me, right? I need to be under somebody. I need to be trained. I need to be dis- discipled, disciplined, and I need to now internalize these things. Okay. So, uh, of course, you always have questions. You can always hit me up on IG. I'm not even on IG right now. I think I'm on it's about to come from IG. But well, you can always send a message whenever I see it. I will reply. Okay, guys. So don't forget we're praying every single day, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Mixer, M-I-X-L-R. Get the app and search Young Ecclesia Nation. From there, check us out 6 a.m., 6 p.m. every single day. And we praying. Come on up, lift yourself and discipline yourself in your prayer life. Okay? All right, guys. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. And bye-bye. If this blessed you or you want to say hi or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram. That's pst.sien. P-S-T dot E-S-S-I-E-N. See you there.